0: it then becomes priority, and it's directional in my life. Whatever is, whatever really matters to me, it gets fleshed out in my life in such a way that that's how I'm known. Would the people closest to you quickly say, God matters? <laughs> Forgive me for misleading you. Would the people who know you best, that watch you every day, who watch the way you live, if they were asked to come to this platform and give an assessment of you, would they say, when it comes to that person, God matters to them? Communication. We're we, we communicating. I'm their leader. Which way would they go? God matters. That is the strong challenge. What matters to me helps me to know myself, and it's how others will know me. If people were to give a one sentence description of you, in that sentence, would it be clear that God matters to you? Does God matter? Does he matter in your life? And does that show in attitude, action, character, and conduct? This is the question that I have placed on the top of my prayer list in this time of prayer and fasting. It's the one I would like on the top of your prayer list. Because how we answer and really live out the answer to this question will determine what's priority, what is truly core value, You know, I can say that core value to us as a church is that the lost be saved. But if you look at our time and the the ministries we have and the money we spend, and there's no focused effort through the time, the money spent, and the ministries we do on reaching lost people, do lost people really matter to us or are we just saying they matter? We're just talking. All of us could quickly say God matters. But When I've taken this before God in my prayer life, I have been deeply convicted that God needs to matter more in my life. The people who know me best, they need to see that that God matters to me more than what they have seen. That's on me. This is the question I want at the top of your prayer list. It's a challenging question. Allow the the Holy Spirit to bother you. Just allow him to convict you if necessary. I am always blessed and challenged by the life of Daniel. I think he's one of the, the heroes of mine as I study scripture. From the first chapter of his story, you can see that God mattered to him. Whether it is areas of conviction where he was unwilling to compromise, his consistency, the power of God of which was manifest in his life, the influence of his life even to this day, you can say God mattered to Daniel. As I reflected on his life as an example and a challenge, I looked at the sixth chapter would you turn there with me to Daniel 6? As you're turning, let me tell you the backstory. story. Daniel is really succeeding in his role of government under King Darius. King Darius is reorganizing his nation. He is going to put certain administrators and governors over groups of people. Daniel is going to be exalted as second in command and he will be over all the governors and administrators. Until then, until now, the flow chart has been, he's on the same level. He's going to be exalted as second in command. The other administrators and governors, they don't like this, so they conspire. The conspiracy is this. They go to King Darius. They say for 30 days... We would like for you to sign a decree that if anyone prays to a God, be it human or divine, that they must pray to you. And if they violate this decree, they will be thrown into the lion's den. Now, when that decree is signed and everyone hears it, they know to violate that decree means you die. There's no middle ground there. There's no you may get hurt, but you could live, you die. If you get thrown in the lion's den, it's certain death. So the king signed the decree that for 30 days, no one would pray to any God, whether divine or human, unless they pray to him. Daniel hears of this, and in verse 10, we see his response. So if you'll turn with me to Daniel 6, verse 10, it says, when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and knelt down as usual in the upstairs room With its windows open toward Jerusalem, he prayed three times a day, just as he had always done, giving thanks to his God. Knowing it meant certain death, God mattered so much to him that a life where he could not communicate with God through prayer, a life where he had to disconnect from God, by not being allowed to pray, was not a life worth living to him. In other words, God mattered so much to him that if he could not honor God, seek God, and serve God, he would rather not have a life on this earth. When I see how much God mattered to him, I am convicted I need to grow in my passion and love for God. This doesn't earn grace. This passion for God doesn't save me. I'm saved by grace, it's not of works. There's nothing I can do to merit the grace of God. But once I'm saved, and I'm overwhelmed at this grace that has forgiven me, it becomes my privilege To passionately pursue him. To live in such a way that my life says God matters. And I want God to matter even more in my life. This challenges me. Are there results in the life of Daniel of this kind of priority? I reflected on his life and I made a list and I wanna show it to you. Here it is on the screen. Wisdom, courage, health, favor, understanding visions and dreams. And you see all of that before you even get out of chapter 1. He is confronted in chapter 1 with the king's menu, but that was food offered to idols. Daniel had resolved in his heart not to defile himself by eating food sacrificed to idols. So God gave him wisdom to say to the leader over his life, I have a different plan. Would you let me do my own diet for 10 days? And after that 10-day period, if you approve, then I can continue with this diet. Now, the wisdom to, to offer that suggestion is one thing, but the courage in that culture was another result of the power of God in his life, which came as a result of his relationship with God. And then notice... The leader over his life said, I'll go with it. God gave him favor to where this leader would risk his life in breaking with the plan of the king to allow Daniel to work his plan. And after 10 days, the Bible says that Daniel looked better and was healthier than everybody else. Daniel, he had health, favor, wisdom, courage. This is the result when God really matters. God is active in your life. When I say that he had health and wisdom, courage and favor, it was in the context of his situation. What I'm saying is when God matters in your life, the activity of God will be strong in the context of your current reality. He understood visions and dreams. He remained consistent Daniel responded to crisis with calmness. How many of you would like that quality in your life? How many of you know we'll have some opportunities in 2011 to be stressed out? Daniel responded with calmness. That was the work of the Spirit of God in his life. A result of his relationship with God because God mattered. He maintained personal balance. And understand, he maintained that balance in spite of extraordinary success, this was an influencer. This guy was a change agent. This guy had a lot on his plate. This guy was busy, and yet there was this powerful balance to his life, a result of his relationship with God. You study his life, you will see that he had victory over the enemy. You see that in Daniel 6. We know the end of the story. But if you're in Daniel's shoes, he decides to pray anyway. And so these evil people that conspired against him go to Darius and say, Daniel violated the decree. They throw him in the lion's den. That meant certain death. I mean, no one lived through that. But you know the story. By the power of God, the mouths of the lions were shut. And Daniel wasn't even touched. King Darius, he loved Daniel. He, he, he respected Daniel. And he went early that next morning, just by chance, and says, Hey, Daniel, he calls his name. And Daniel answered, and he gave testimony to the power of God. Many churches are in a 21-day fast. That's the way they've started their year. The 21-day fast tracks back to the very life of Daniel, where he engaged in spiritual warfare. In over 21 days, we see in the scripture the curtain pulled back and the spiritual realm is exposed and the kind of warfare that is happening and it is real and it still happens today. And here a man sought the face of God and he was victorious. We love the book of Revelation, but to really understand the book of Revelation, you have to have the book of Daniel. God so mattered in the life of Daniel that God could trust him. Matter of fact, it says that Daniel was highly esteemed of God. That's not said of anyone else in the Bible. God mattered so much that God esteemed Daniel and poured into him revelation. Until it's like having the book of Revelation in the Old Testament when you read through the writings of Daniel. So influential was this man that what he wrote... Is unfolding in high definition even in our present day. This is the result of a person who walks with God and has lived in such a way that God matters. That's the way I want to live. I want to walk in that stability and supernatural power. I want to walk with that kind of influence. I want my promotion not to come from east or west, but from God. I want God to favor my life. I want to yield my talent and my energy and my education and my current season and the seasons in the future to God and let, let God do whatever he wants with it so that at the end of my life, those who know me best can sum up my life in one sentence and they can say, when it came to Ron Woods, God mattered. God mattered. That's my passion today. Practically, we see some things in this verse. God mattered. And it showed up in Daniel's life in many practical ways. Look at, a, look at just one, his prayer life. And when it comes to his prayer life, notice he had a place. He went up to his room. He had a focus. He opened the windows toward Jerusalem. Jerusalem. He he, he set his heart and he did it three times a day. It was scheduled. In other words, he had a time to pray. I can stir the passion for the priority that God should matter in our lives. But if we don't get practical and ask ourselves, will this priority be expressed in my prayer life, then we may never experience the power that comes when God matters. Do you have a place, a focus, and a time to seek the face of God? As I've been convicted, the timing element of that trilogy is what has really gripped my heart this week. Time. It is impossible to know God and to express a life where God matters without giving time to God. Time is the essential commodity to any relationship. If you want a great marriage, if you want to be a great parent, there has to be a priority on time. It's the same with God. Transformation takes time. Caterpillar to butterfly is the metaphor given in the book of Romans by the Apostle Paul. And that takes time. Time with God. Where we take on this change, the likeness, the image of God. Time with God. Giving God time is one way I express practically that God really matters in my life. When we are given the pattern of power in the New Testament, where Jesus said to his followers, the early church, I want you to wait in Jerusalem until you're empowered. That's always going to be the process. We're going to have to give God time. Jerusalem means place of peace. Notice Daniel opened his windows toward Jerusalem. It's where you place yourself before God until the peace of God is working in such a way that you're receptive to the word of God, the creative ways of God, the supernatural power of God. If you are in uncertainty and perplexity and stress, if you begin to worship and seek the face of God, At some point, the peace of God becomes stronger than the stress of present circumstance. And when the peace of God becomes the umpire, the ruler of your heart and your mind, it is at that moment that God can begin to administrate a word to you, a work in you, a leading in you, a step of faith for you to take and to equip your spirit with the kind of faith that it's going to require to take a step of faith. Jerusalem, getting in that place until that kind of peace is there, that takes time. Time. Time is is what's so strong in my soul this morning. Time with God. You see, if we look at this idea of being empowered, being endued with power, it's not taking a rag and putting it in water until quickly the rag soaks up all the water that it possibly can then you can take it and you can you can use it to to release that which it's received no in the context of the new testament it was wineskin that would become ineffective because it lost its stretchability so it was immersed it was not it was the it was leather and leather would be put in the liquid And over time, it recovered its usefulness, its stretchability. It recovered its influence. Are you tracking with me? Do you see the pattern? The Holy Spirit is wanting to do new things in you. Creator God, who knows you by name, God of all power, who knows the details of your past, present, and future, wants to do a great work in you. And the process is that you as the recipient can be renewed as you spend time with God so that you can contain the fresh work of God. And as that work expands in your thinking and through your life, the way the new wine would ferment and expand in the wineskin, you can grow with it so that the full potential can be realized. And that kind of power comes back to the practical application of time. We often say, if I could just find time to pray, none of us can find time. We have to make time. Because here's what we know. We're living in this Babylonian culture. One aspect of Babylon was options. You can have anything you want, the way you want, and as much of it. You can go into Starbucks and you can have your coffee a hundred different ways and at different temperatures. That's the culture we live in. We can go to a mall and, and, and choose any number of stores. Options, abundance, all of this. And here is the issue of living in Babylon. That makes us busy. In your life, you can have job and hobby or hobbies. If you have kids, they can play three sports at one time now. Seasons cross over so you can play basketball and volleyball. You can play basketball by morning and travel to another state and play volleyball by night and then try to race back and have everybody in school so they can practice basketball the next day. And you can add some baseball. Are you with me? You can go to dance lesson. You can come over here. to. You can have anything. So here's the deal. We're still not finding time. We're making time for whatever matters. Whatever matters, we make time for it. Even though we're busier than we've ever been, we still make time for what matters. So when it comes to the things of God, we can't exchange the attitude for making time and start saying things like, if I can find time. No, we stay with the same attitude. We will make time for God, not because we have to, Because we want to, because God matters. I love my kids being involved in activities. I love it. That's not a a burden. That's opportunity. That's exciting. That's part of life. When it comes to knowing God, it's not a burden. The enemy has done a work in our thinking when it when we find it a burden. To have to find time to give God a little bit of time. If God matters, we'll make time. Gladly. Are you with me, church? Can you imagine an assembly, a faith family, where God matters? He is number one, He's everything. Let me give you three verses as I close. Look at the screen, Exodus 20, verse 3. You must not have any other God but me. A God is that which has our time, our attention, our allegiance. Here's the way Jesus said it: this is Matthew 6:33. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. That means Jesus needs to matter first and foremost. Seek his kingdom. Historically, we've said it like this seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. He'll take care of everything else, he'll add everything else. Just make sure he matters first and foremost. That was his heart. So Jesus had to walk among one of his churches. It was the church at Ephesus. I mean, this church was busy, this church was accurate in their doctrine. This church was, was really given a lot of compliments, but Jesus had to come and bring up an issue with them. And here's what he said. This is Revelation 2, verse 4. He says, you don't love me like you used to. In other words, he was saying, I don't matter to you like I used to. Amusement parks. At night will bring out these bracelets and necklaces that glow in the dark. They have like carts that people are pushing around the park, and they're for sale. And if your children see them, you can get ready to spend about $12 on something that probably costs them 50 cents. But it looks cool. Multicolors, shining, glowing in the dark. And when you buy one, kids are loving it, But over time, it loses its glow. But if you take it and place it back under the light, direct light, over time, it will get its glow back. So place and time. If we will initiate this year in prayer and fasting, meaning we have a place and we're giving time, to seek the face of God, to say, God, you matter. We're putting ourselves under the light, the searchlight of His presence and power. And we're saying with the psalmist as the year starts Search me, O God, and know my heart. See if there be in me any evil ways. Try me, O Savior. And then lead me in the way everlasting. We're putting ourselves in prayer. We find that place. We give God time. And in the light of his presence, transformation begins to happen as we confess, repent, draw near, seek the face of God. I feel to say this Jesus is coming. And the ten virgins in the New Testament, it's a powerful story. Five were wise, five were foolish. And when the bridegroom came, the foolish had no oil. Because they had not spent the time to maintain the oil. What's the cost of oil? What's the cost Of the oil of God's Holy Spirit. What's the cost of the anointing? Time. The time it takes to keep oil in the lamp of your character so the light of your witness is saying, Even so, I'm ready for the bridegroom to come. I feel a stirring. I feel a stirring in my heart. God matters, and I know he matters to you. But is he, is he convicting you? He's convicted me all week. He needs to matter more. That in that one sentence summary of my life, that's what would be said. John Wooden, a historic influencer in the world of basketball, was interviewed. He was in his 90s. He said, how do you want to be remembered? Because legacy is that sentence, that one sentence that describes our life. All the rest are just illustrations that support the one sentence description. He said, I don't want to be remembered for what I did as a coach. I want to be remembered for God-centeredness. And everybody just sat spellbound. That's what mattered to him. There are people in my world that God has put in my world that he's given me a living testimony of this, an uh, illustrated sermon. I got, I've watched it. I could talk about my memo. I could talk about Kelly's grandmother, and I, I'll, I'll end the sermon there because we just saw her. God matters. That's the description of her grandmother. It comes out in her personality, her the witness of her life. The, the fact that whatever you're talking about ends up about Jesus. I mean, you're doing dishes, and it ends up about Jesus. You're talking about Christmas, and specifically like what you got for Christmas. You weren't like entering Luke chapter 2 and talking about the incarnation. But in talking about getting, you know, some certain present, it ends up about the gift, Christ Jesus. And never in a legalistic way, in, in the most authentic, uh, just rhythm of the conversation until you're always impacted by being around her. Amazing. In 2010, she she was sharing with me this year, she gave $9,000 to missions, which is more than she gets in her little pension. She gave away more than than she actually received. (laughs) She lives on this little Assembly of God campground. It's where over the years, preachers and young people have come for camps. She lives in a little cottage. It's just a little couple of room house. If you go in the house, do you remember TVs that used to look like pieces of furniture? We have flat screen TVs now, but do you remember it was like a box that had legs and oak furniture. She's got the piece of furniture, but there's no TV. It's like she took all that part out, and, and, and it has mirrors and portraits. And that's the way it's been the entire time I've known her. She doesn't have need for television. She says, Jesus tells me what I need to know. I don't need news. She said, all the other stuff is crazy. And, and so she just... she. And occasionally she says say it's like that one-eyed demon with its tail stuck in the wall, that kind of preaching. <laughs> you know, all, all this stuff. And, and there it is. And there's just portraits in that little cottage. You know why? Because here's what matters sir: her. God and his commission and family. That's it. So over the last 12 months, people would come and stick money in the little car jam, door jam of her car. And she's not driving anymore because they kept increasing her insurance. She said, I'll give that to Missions, bless you. And she said, I don't need to go anywhere. They picked me up for church. So that's no big deal to her. Things just don't matter. If she attended this church in jail 2011, she would be like in the top percentage of the givers. And I guarantee you, she in income would be among the least in income of the church. And yet she'd be in the top in giving. And it's just come from People who love her and know her and send her money and send her in, she just lets it flow to the kingdom. If you want to know if God matters in your life, you want to do an assessment, reflect on your 2010 calendar, how you used your time, and open your checkbook. Those aren't the only two assessments. But I guarantee if you want to know about somebody's interests and what mattered to them, look and evaluate their time management and money management. Amen? It's just as true as it can be. And so I'm thankful for the witness of a life like Daniel, like Grandma Oots, like many others who have lived in a way that says God matters. That's the way I want to live. That's the way I want us to live. That's the life that will cause you standing before the God of settled accounts one day. The God of lavish reward. And oh, to stand there having lived that prioritized him is the way you want to be. As your pastor, I want to pastor you in such a way that that is the best day of your life. And here's one way to make that happen. Make sure that most of all, God matters. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for our time together. Now, seal this word with impact by the Spirit in our hearts. With your eyes closed. You cannot live this way apart from a relationship with Jesus. So to everyone who needs a relationship with Jesus, who needs to be saved today, who needs to enter this relationship so that life takes on form and function purpose and power, stability and peace, all the things you're missing, if that's you, you need to be saved today, would you raise your hand right now? Let me pray with you. Say, that's me. I I need not to spend another day outside of a relationship with Jesus Christ. Number two, you know Jesus, but you want to go forward with this priority of God mattering in your life as never before. So you're going to get practical and just make sure when it comes to time, you're giving God time. Because you want the witness of your life to be more powerful than ever. You want transformation to be happening. And you realize God must matter for that to happen. That's my desire. How many of you would lift your hand with me? My hand is lifted right now. That's what I want. How many of you would say, me too? Holy Spirit you see our hands a sign of the passion of our heart our relationship with you is not going to be in word only we're going to live in a way that says you matter people who know us will be able to quickly say you matter just have your way deeply move in our thinking in our heart Attitudes, actions, character, and conduct. I give you the praise for the seed that's been planted in us today that will bring about change. Amen. Amen. I encourage you with your time and prayer. Make sure you're following through. If you can come on Wednesday right here at 1030, we'll pray together. I hope you had just the best week as you live out this priority. God matters. Love you, stand, and be dismissed.